leave behind all that you have known. Open your eye and your mind to this journey of truth and inner wisdom. Investigating, illuminating, and initiating into the great mysteries of the universe, this podcast will provide you with the tools and techniques to best reclaim personal sovereignty and enhance everyday life. Join me as we dive deeply in the seas of uncertainty and adventure through the wilds of experiential knowledge. This podcast is dedicated to providing you, the listener, with the resources to resource. From ancient technologies to modern day techniques, we will provide you with the how, why, and where of each and every what. Real, raw, relevant, Welcome to the Evolutionary Path. Have you ever slept on a really firm mattress? Or better yet, slept atop the ground itself. Firm unmoving, unyielding, uncompromising. If you're a side sleeper like I was in 2002, sleeping atop the tatami mats in my Okinawan apartment was a little bit of a chore. So firm was it that when I slept on my side, I'd wake up with a like a sore shoulder. My neck would have a little kink in it. I'd wake up in the morning Still tired, because I hadn't really slept all that well. After using the bathroom, straight to the coffee. In fact, I was so tired that coffee was a necessity. As I was making my coffee, I would turn on the Japanese news station, listening to the Japanese as best as I could. Year one, my comprehension was pretty minimal. Getting a little stressed by the fact that I didn't know, you know, a little... A little harsh on myself in terms of the judgment that I had. By the time I went out the door, walked to school, I was already in this state of, of anxiety. My body was cued with the caffeine. My mind was stressed with all of these thoughts. And I walked straight, straight into work. I carried that stress, though, with me throughout the day. In fact, because I had already started my day in a way that was somewhat stressful and tense, I carried that with me in my classes as I taught, really just feeling it grow more and more and more. How we rise is how we shine. What I mean to say is the way in which we wake up, not just eyes opening to the sound of an alarm, for example, which is also part of it, What we do thereafter determines, and I would say dictates, the energy that we take out into our world. Do we shine brilliant like a blazing sun, just sharing this positivity, this energy of joy, of wonder, of excitement with those around us? Or are we more like one of those dim lights held at afar, like a candle within a cave? just enough to provide some illumination. However, not really as much as it could be. 
leaving things more to mystery, to our imagination, to stress, to tension. In today's episode of The Evolutionary Path, what we're going to be talking about is evolving our mornings. As I mentioned, when I was living in Okinawa, sleep for the first few months took a little getting used to. I love firm mattress beds. However, that firmness of the ground was a bit much. And so it took me some time to figure out that the best way to sleep is rather than on my side is actually on my back, which came to be a practice that I carried with me for years and years thereafter. Now, what I didn't know then that I definitely am aware of and experience now is the importance of being able to consciously create different systems for success in our mornings. Now, when we wake up first thing in the morning, our brains are like a sponge. And so we take in, in fact, we are not just more susceptible, we are also highly suggestible in the mornings. And as such, whatever it is that we do reinforces a certain version of us and in fact creates within our body our very systems of of life either a place of stress where we go into our work into our homes into our jobs into our careers already cued and anxious yet just as easily we can create systems that allow us to be in a place of flow of ease of wonder of excitement. Now today, what we're going to be looking at are the different approaches to making our mornings matter. And what I mean to say is that we are going to be talking about how we can actually reinforce a very specific version of ourselves and how we can actually carry that energy into whatever industry, job, activity, environment that we find ourselves in through the course of the day. Now, maintaining that is something else entirely, and we'll cover that in a different podcast. However, for now, let's talk about how we can evolve our mornings. So, generally speaking, right, most of us wake up in the morning, alarm goes off. Most of us wake up with an alarm because we have a certain time that we want to wake up at. When we wake up, then we get out of bed, and typically we'll go and use the restroom, We'll go then through this, you know, the typical processes of everyday life. And that could be making coffee, that could be flipping on the news, that could be making breakfast, that could be getting ready for work. Whatever that looks like for us, we have a certain routine. And for all intent and purposes, we're going to identify a routine as a consistent process and procedure of events. Now, consistent meaning that we're doing it day in and day out. Process means that it's something that is an action, that is repetitious. Procedure being something that has a steady flow to it. Now, for some people that can be waking up, you know, at the very last moment possible, jumping out of bed, tossing on clothes, and then heading out the door. For others, it's a little more gradual. Waking up, again, using the restroom, so on and so forth. Yet, The key here is that when we transition from our state of sleep into a state of wakefulness, we have a tremendous opportunity to be able to consciously craft 
how our morning and the rest of the day then unfolds. In fact, so important is this, I would say, that as we start to incorporate it day in and day out, being able to really reinforce a very certain and specific version of ourselves in the morning, everything can change. In a study I was looking through recently, well, it's not a recent study, yet I found it recently. It was 2011, 2012, was looking at when a person Monday morning has their first smile. Now, I found this just astounding because with the systems that I work with for myself, I'm smiling within the first five minutes of me waking up. So for me to hear this was pretty amazing. On average, and it didn't necessarily specify uh, when people were waking up at, so we don't necessarily know the exact time frame. However, on average, any given Monday morning, the first smile a person will have is at 11.16 a.m. Now, generally speaking, most people tend to be up, you know, different study between 6 and 7 a.m. So then we can create an assumption around that, that it's anywhere between four to five hours before, on average, a person actually has their first smile in the day. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine going four to five hours without a smile, particularly in the morning? Now, I get it. I'm probably more of a morning person than most people are. With a three-year-old and a six-year-old, for me, I wake up earlier than both of them so that I can go through my morning process. And my morning process is anywhere from 45 to 60 minutes. Sometimes, if I'm really dragging it out and want to invest a lot of time, I'll be there for 90 minutes going through my thing. Now, the thing about that is, is that within the first five minutes, as I said, I am smiling because I've set up a system that really cultivates that. Now, what does that system look like? Well, I'll talk more about my own system at the end of the podcast. For right now, though, what we want to look at is what is it then that allows us, what is so special about that waking period and going into that state of wakefulness? Well, it really gets to be like surfing, right? For those of you who don't surf, um, when we're out looking at the ocean, we can see the ocean just flat and calm right? As things start to churn, then we'll start to see a little movement. We'll see some of the swells starting to roll in, right? These swells, not quite waves, are rolling in slowly and steadily. As the swells continue to move, as there's more power, more energy, more that's generated, we'll start to see these swells become more consistent. And that consistency creates a certain rhythm within the ocean. We start to see waves now coming into play. In some cases, we might have some wind coming in. So we'll see not just waves coming in, the wind hitting the top of the waves, these white caps or the splashes of water as it's hit by the force of the wind, all of a sudden creates this more erratic sensation to the ocean itself. Now, I mention all this because our mind, our brain goes through all of these states as we transition from that place of sleep and into and through into wakefulness. As we sleep, if we're sleeping really deeply, and this is the kind of sleep where you fall asleep, you might be just on the couch hanging out, watching something, and then you pass out. 
and you wake up hours later disoriented confused oh what 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 just happened what oh my gosh it's like 3 a.m i gotta go to sleep and you then meander off into bed right when we drop into that deep state of sleep nothing in terms of dreams no memories it's just we conk out and we wake up and as we wake up we're often somewhat disoriented because of how deep we're sleeping now this state of rest is what we call a delta brainwave frequency this is really deep stuff and is very much like the ocean when it is still and it is glassy and it is flat right if you're looking from the top of the ocean the water is so clear and so clean you can see 15 feet down easy when our mind begins to move just a little bit right very much like the ocean and the swells coming in this is what we identify as theta now, theta is interesting because theta can be both in a state of light sleep, deep meditation, is also the state when you pull into your driveway after having driven for 35 minutes to get home, are almost amazed. Wait, am I home? What just happened to the last 35 minutes? Whoops. Autopilot, right? So this is still within the subconscious mind. It's in an area that has things that are more fixed details and information and I would say beliefs that we have about ourselves. Now as those swells start to increase and we start to see some wave activity that gets into a state of wakefulness called alpha. Alpha is when we're reading a good book. Alpha is when we're sitting with a friend and having a blast. Alpha is when we are chilling and watching a movie. It's a state of openness within our mind and it's also a state, generally speaking, of ease and enjoyment. However, most of the time that we are awake, we spend collectively our time in beta. Now, low beta ain't nothing. It's us studying. It's us learning. It's us taking in and integrating information. thing about that is, is that beta, which is one of the broader areas in terms of brainwave frequencies, has an area as we start to go further up into beta that takes us into overthinking, into doubt, into anxiety. Now, this is an area that, depending upon where we start our morning, we can find ourselves shortly thereafter, by lunchtime, by early afternoon, when we are finished with work and then we are heading home. We can carry this erratic, right, back to the ocean, splotchy waves coming in now more consistent all over the place wind coming in hitting those waves with splashes the water the ocean looks almost menacing right and so that's when we hit beta now when we are moving say for example from deep sleep or perhaps even light sleep so delta theta into a state of wakefulness. We hear our alarm, we recognize that we're awake and we just start to open our eyes. There is a key period here where we're still generally in a state of theta. We are coming out of the sleep state. It is in this area here, especially when we're able to maintain and sustain our brainwave frequencies in theta, that we can, as I said, highly suggestible state of mind that allows us to remain susceptible to what it is that we want to make matter. So for example, when I wake up in the morning, 
the first thing that I do after I turn off my alarm, my alarm though, by the way, rather than being something loud and obnoxious is something just quiet and sweet. And so when I wake up, I wake up slowly, which is a wonderful way to do it. As I wake up slowly, then I open my eyes, I turn off my alarm and I just lie there. Recognize the gratitude that I have for waking up. Hey, I'm alive. Terrific. That's already a win. <laughs> and so as I come from this place of gratitude already, just grateful for my feet, grateful for my hands, whatever just comes to mind in that moment, I go straight into a place of gratitude. I pop out of bed. I go to use the restroom. As soon as I'm done with the restroom, I put on a pot of slow boiling water and I go straight into a certain type of exercise. Now, as I do this again, I'm smiling within five minutes of waking up. I sit down, I start to go into just a slow, simple, natural breathing pattern. And I start to think more about all the things that I'm grateful for. Now, one of the things that happens is that I'm able to sustain a state of theta brainwave frequency. I'm still in that restful state. I'm still in a place of ease. I'm sustaining an emotion, a sensation which allows me then to start my morning smiling. And not just smiling. I am smiling because I am sincerely happy to be here for the simplest of things. My breath, my body, the boys. I mean, all of these things which really just uplifts. And all of a sudden, I have effectively created something that is introducing a pattern. Now, as we look at this in terms of routines, which helps to reinforce again, as I said, a very specific version of ourselves, I have created a ritual where I am stopping, I'm pausing, and I am slowing the flow of my morning. And as I do, not only do I do that, I reinforce a different version, a version of myself that I hold within a vision for myself. One where I am happy, joyous, loved, supported, um, grateful, thankful, all of these different things. And so I allow myself not just to slow my flow, also to go into a place and into a space of gratitude. Now, as that happens, I'm still in theta, right? I'm still in that theta area. My brainwave frequencies, and, I, and I'll feel it because sometimes I'll still feel a little like I'm dropping back into sleep almost. And as I sit there and as I go through the process, then I'll go into and through a number of different exercises that really help me to be very mindful. And that's a big part of it. As we slow things down, we're able to become more attentive and aware of the now. And when we start off in a place of mindfulness, everything changes. When I was living in Okinawa, I was so focused on making the coffee and then making the breakfast and then listening to the news. All of my attention was going out and away. And as it went out and away, I already started my morning depleted. And I felt that, you know, I felt a little uh, unease as I went into work. I felt a little already tired because very much like a budget. Our attention can be spent. And as we go through spending, and in this case, putting our attention upon other things, the news, what's happening here, what's happening there, 
what is it that I have to do today? What is it going to be like when I go into, you know, all of these different thoughts that are focused outside of ourselves has a cost to it. So instead, when the first thing that we do is focus on ourselves, things change. And so waking up in the morning, then slowing down, slowing that flow, allowing ourselves to step into a place of mindfulness, particularly as we continue to get into that place of somewhere in theta alpha area. And we know that we're in a theta alpha area because our mind begins to wander. We are in a state of rest. Our breath is slower. We tend to be breathing deeper into our body lower chest into our abdomen, we feel more relaxed and at ease. And when we start our morning like this, particularly when we just continue to focus on us, amazing things start to happen. Because then we begin to shift our patterns, right? As I said, when we go into our routine, we reinforce a certain version of ourselves. Now what happens when all of a sudden we begin to shift these patterns. When we shift the processes of everyday life, we can then transform the very patterns of our lifestyle. And this is huge because so many of us want to do things, be things that are different or we feel that are different than who we actually are. This is a part of the way that we begin to do that. As we see these small little shifts beginning to happen, our awareness of ourself begins to change. And so what we begin to do then, right, in the morning I wake up and depending upon the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, will determine and dictate, you know, which rituals that I'll actually go through. Some days I'm much more, much more meditative. I want to slow things down. Other days I want to go into a greater place of activity. Other place I just want to dance and sing and have fun. And that brings us into then, if we're looking at slowly starting to shift, then a big part of that is changing out our routine for new rituals, rather renewing rituals. And I'd say with the anatomy of a ritual, for me, I have five parts and components, and I'll typically go through all five each and every day, though which part of the five that I focus upon and more attentive of tends to, to depend upon what's happening on that day. So first, first thing I'll do is connect, right? So I wake up, gratitude, restroom, water, water is boiling slowly. I sit down and I just start to breathe normally, naturally, organic. And as I go through this breath, I breathe into a very specific part of my body and I start to just think about all the things that I'm just truly grateful for. And as I do this, I mean, by the time I'm done, and it's usually about five minutes, all the while, by the way, as I do this, I'm taking my heart rate variability. And so I'll talk a little bit about that as well. And so as I do this, I'm breathing. And by the time I'm done, I mean, I actually have tears coming down my eyes because I'm just so happy. And so as I get into this, this place, I just connect. I connect to the moment. I connect to what's happening right now. I connect to these sensations of thankfulness and gratitude. And sure, there are days where it is none of that. <laughs> Sometimes I went to sleep and I held on to something and I didn't even realize it. Yet when we drop into this state and we occupy 
this place, theta, particularly, things come up. And so I just pay attention to what's coming up for me in that moment. Yet I connect, irrespective of what it is, without judgment, withholding any sort of uh, judgment upon what's happening. I just observe. And then as that happens, I'll go through that for about five minutes. And then I'll go through things just to balance my energy. That'd be the second component. Once I feel connected, I feel my way into things. I might feel a little tension here. I might feel more perhaps anxious in that experience. Generally not. Though whatever it is that I feel, I then want to balance. And so I'll go in through different processes for balancing my energy, balancing my mind, balancing my body. Then this will be another 15, 20 minutes as I go through that. Then I'll go into the place where it's more generative. Like I want to generate motion, the circulatory system. I'll go in things in terms of actually now going through some breath work. Breath work whose which purpose is to create and generate that movement. And so all of a sudden now I'm starting to create a circulation of blood, of oxygen, recruiting and bringing in, you know, the, the, the bodily aspects of it as well. So it gets to be very tactile, very kinesthetic, very much focused upon my physicality. As I do that, then I continue on that line and I go through some flexibility. So I'll stretch for about 10 minutes. As I go through this, then I'll go through different areas and different stretches. And again, kind of depends on how my body is feeling. If the day before, for example, I did a trail run in the mountains and my calves are super, super tight, then in that process of stretching, I might do some, some myofascial release or some rolling. And so as I begin to go through whatever that is in that moment, very much now focused upon my body, loosening things up, helping to facilitate and continue that generative or circulatory or aspect of creating movement. Then I go into activate. So I'll finish all that off. I'll stand up and I tend to then do larger movements. Could be squats or lunges or just things to get the body firing, active. At this point now, you know, I've gone through probably about 30 to 40 minutes of stuff. And so by the time I get to this, then I want to take that and activate. And again, it kind of depends on the day. If, for example, I'm feeling tightness within my shoulder, then I might do something in terms of getting the muscles of my back more active. If, for example, I'm still feeling some of that tightness within my calves, then I might do more active stretching and or mobility exercises. Now, as I go through all that, by the time that's done, right? And again, it's very much day to day. I have a basic structure to it, though I'm very attentive to what's happening on that moment in that morning. And so by the time I get to the end of that, then I like to do something that's just less structured. That's where I get into the fifth component of expression. So I'll turn on music and I've got my morning jams that I like to play. And so I'll play my morning jams and I'll start to sing along with it. I might do some dancing. I might do some just body movements, whatever I feel in that moment. And so as I get into that place of just self-expression, just letting myself be and letting in that state and moment of beingness to just do whatever comes naturally. By the time I'm done, man, I've been just smiling for the last 45 to 60 minutes, just through the whole process. And so where that comes into play, as I said, when we wake up, we're in a state of, we're in a highly susceptible state, which makes us highly suggestible. So as I go through this, 
I have certain things that I'm reinforcing, right? I am strong, I am loved, I am valued, I am supported, whatever it is that I'm really looking at reinforcing, I have as part of my day as well. And so that is reinforced by the different exercises and activities that I go through in the anatomy or flow of a ritual. So again, there's connect, right? The intention to connect is just to be really fully immersed in that moment and mindful of what's happening. Once we have an idea and feel of what's happening within ourselves and we balance, that's number two. Balancing can be something as simple as doing a meditation because we're feeling anxious. It could be something as uh, complicated as doing a line of yoga or stretches that help to release some of the tension. Then we go into generate. As we generate, we're creating movement, circulation, whatever that is for you. For me, it's a matter of going in through some stretching, generally also doing some rolling, and then potentially doing some slight mobility. Once we're feeling more apt and able, then we can go into activate. Now, when I say activate, it doesn't have to always be a matter of the body. For me, I'll typically do that mobility piece for sure. However, activate could also be part of the mind, right? Up until this point, I've been very much internally focused. And so activate for me in and some mornings is a matter of picking up a book and reading for about 10, 15 minutes. As I go through that and then start to take things in, though conscious of what I am bringing in, right? These are books that I want to have really have a certain effect, more uplifting or something that I can really have an experience positively of. As I go through that, then I'll go into that aspect of expression. Expression can be anything from dance to singing to sometimes I'll couple it with going into a cold shower. And I'll go into my cold shower and I will be singing like no other. <laughs> so as we go through these five pieces, connect, balance, generate, activate, and express, what that allows us to do is that gives us a framework to work with. Because one of the things that really comes into play, particularly around our rituals, is we want this to be consistent. We want it to be frequent. And honestly, to be consistent and frequent, we want to keep it easy, simple. And so start with whatever your routine is, one. See what your morning routine looks like and start there. If your morning routine is, you know, a mad dash out the door every morning, then I would invite you also to consider maybe waking up a little bit earlier to allow a little more time for this to happen. Two though, once we have an idea and feel of what your routine looks like, then we wanna see where is it easiest to insert new activities, right? So I didn't start with this whole 45 to 65 or 60 minutes, sometimes 90 minute experience. It started with 15 minutes. I had 15 minutes that I was willing to dedicate to this and so I did. And I just continued to add and add and add. And now here we are. So insert new activities to really slow that flow and then allow you to be able to then go into three, which is really substituting your routine with rituals. What is it that you can easily change out or insert or add into your day and into your morning? Because as you do, little by little, I'd highly suggest you know doing like once, perhaps one a week, one a month, one small change and just really focus on that single change because as soon as that becomes consistent, then you can add something else to it as well. And as you do, what ends up happening is you can treat it as a practice. 
And what that means is, is it becomes a discipline. All of a sudden, rather than just waking up and going through your day-to-day, everyday routine, all of a sudden you're pausing. And in that pause is an opportunity to connect with your presence. You, in that moment, the totality of your attention as you focus, and I would say, gift this to yourself. Because as we go out into the world, whether it's our partners, our children, our co-workers, the news, TV, whatever it is, gets our attention. And so why not start our day by gifting our attention to the person that matters most? You, as it is me. And as we do then, We make it a practice, we make it a discipline. And as we continue to really reinforce the version of ourselves that we hold within a vision, and I'll talk about that real quickly, then all of a sudden we can see so much more to ourselves and create so much more in life. Now, when I talk about that version of ourselves that we hold in a vision, this is the fullest version of ourself is the things that we want and desire. And it doesn't need to be specifically like a new car or an airplane or a house in the hills. I'm talking more about the feel of it. What does it feel to have an abundance of finance? What does it feel like to have the most wonderful people that you love in your life? What does it feel like to be loved by these people, supported? I mean, all of these different sensations, that's the first thing that I start off with. Gratitude, thankfulness, curiosity, love, wonder, joy. I mean, all of these things is how I start my day. And how I start my day allows me to carry this into the world. Now, as you really begin to play with this, see what works, see what doesn't. And as you get a better, more fine and refined version of your rituals, know that they may all change. And as you really get in a better place with that change, just know that the way that you start your day, and in this case, how you rise, will determine how you shine. And folks, there's one thing that I've learned is that when we radiate, when we just are so open, loving, and capable of sharing ourselves, it sparks joy into the world. So that's it for this episode. Love and aloha to you all. Take care of each other and off we hope.